Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 65, verses 8 through 13. The whole earth is filled with all your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and levels its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. Thank you for springing forward and for being here this morning. We are in this uh, season of Lent, just starting that, and we are starting a new series called Overflow. And in this series, we'll be looking at some foundational, traditional, traditional uh, Christian practices, such as uh, prayer, and today we look at worship, and how those things can help to fill us uh, with God's love and goodness, and how that then can overflow into the lives of others. How many of you grew up either having uh, read to having that read to you, or reading uh, nursery rhymes and fairy tales? Yeah, right. Like uh, Little Red Riding Hood and Three Little Pigs and Cinderella and Rapunzel and Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Before these things uh, were captured by Disney and made into movies, they existed as folklore, and often um, many of those were recorded in Grimm's fairy tales. How many recognize Grimm's fairy tales? Yeah, and this is actually the book cover that I had of, of what my dad read to me at night, and I would beg for at least one or two stories uh, to be read to me out of that book, Grimm's fairy tales. Uh, one story, fairy tale, that I want to share with you this morning is called The Magic Porridge Pot. Anybody recognize that? All right, this one's a little bit more obscure, and, uh, but here's how it goes, and it ties in, I think, uh, so well with our theme for today, but also for this series. There was once a little girl and her widow mother, and they were very poor and often hungry. They often went without meals. One day, the little girl went to the woods in order to gather firewood. And as she was gathering that firewood, she came across an elderly woman sitting there in the woods. And the elderly woman was kind of hunched over, and she could see that she was crippled, and she had pity upon her. And she said to the elderly woman, uh, and she thought about, well, what can I do? I, I have not much myself. I have few resources. But then she realized, well, I have my strength and I am gathering firewood. And so she offered to the elderly woman to gather firewood for her. And so she set down her own wood and then she went about the, the forest collecting more wood. After a while, she came back and set the wood before the elderly woman. She said, here's, here's some wood uh, for you, so you can have a fire yourself. But I'm sorry, I'm out of time and I'm expected home by my mother so I have to go. 
child, the, uh, said the old woman, you have a good heart. And she reached inside of her cloak, the old woman, and took out a little iron pot. Take this, she said. It is a magic porridge pot. Whenever you are hungry, you only have to say, boil, little pot, till the porridge is hot, and it will begin to boil and fill up with sweet porridge. When you have had enough, say, cease, little pot, the porridge is hot, and it will stop boiling. The little girl took home the pot to her mother, said the words that the old woman had said to say, and sure enough, the little iron pot began to fill up with porridge. And then she said, cease, little pot, the porridge is hot, and it ceased to create porridge. One day, uh, the little girl was at school, and the mother decided that it was time to make the porridge. And so she started that going. And she said, uh, boil a little pot till the porridge is hot. And it began to boil and bubble up. And then when there was enough in there, the mother couldn't remember the words to make it stop. And she tried to think of what it was, and she used various combinations, but still the pot continued to boil with porridge. And it began to bubble up until it was at the rim. And then it began to spill over onto the table. And the woman tried frantically to think of what were those words to say, and she tried everything, and still it wouldn't stop. And it not only spilled over onto the table, but then it began to run onto the floor. And then it began to fill up their house so it was coming up to her ankles and then to her knees. And so she opened the door to the outside and it spilled out onto the street. And it began to fill the streets of their village and seep into the, into the houses and buildings all around. Then the little girl was on her way home and she saw the porridge out everywhere in her village and realized what had happened and she trudged home through, the, through this thick porridge and made her way into the house and then she said, cease little pot, the porridge is hot and the pot of porridge ceased to boil. And from that day forward, not only did that little girl and her mother have enough to eat, but the whole village ate as well. We are in the season of Lent and beginning this new worship series called Overflow. When we are filled with the love of God, our lives naturally overflow into the lives of others. The little girl in this fairy tale overflowed into the life of this elderly woman. When she came across this, this elderly woman, she didn't think, well, there's nothing I can do. I lack so little. She didn't turn inward. Rather, she thought, what can I do? And realized she had the strength of her hands. She could collect firewood for her, and she could help this woman in that way. And so she did. And then she brought that to the elderly woman. And the elderly woman, who too maybe didn't have much in the way of something to offer, did have at least one thing, 
and gave this little girl this magic porridge pot. And that not only fed her, but it fed her mother, and it fed the entire village. Theologian Walter Brueggemann says there are two modalities in Scripture, what he calls the myth of scarcity and the liturgy of generosity. The myth of scarcity looks around, looks at the world around us and says, there's only a limited amount. And so I need to secure that for myself and for me and for mine. And so the myth of scarcity operates on that. And, and it goes around and, and it, it turns to greed and it turns to worry and to fear and to hoarding and to selfishness. The liturgy of generosity, on the other hand, looks at the world around and sees it brimming with possibilities. It sees an abundance of God's goodness, and it naturally mirrors that goodness, creativity, joy, and generosity. As Tammy mentioned in the announcements, today is the Hope Marketplace. This is the first time that we're doing that, and uh, we want to encourage you to come to that. Kids in second through fifth grade have been working for a few months now, saving up their own money and, and creating these projects to sell at this Hope Marketplace. And I am blown away. I mean, I, you know, second through fifth grade, I anticipated, you know, this will be cute. It blows the roof off of my expectations. When, when, you, when you give a little bit of incentive, you give an idea, you, you encourage, you cause to bubble up within people creativity and ingenuity and possibility, and generosity. And so I encourage you to go and to, to check out these items. Uh, here's uh, Addie and Brant uh, Verba, and they're creating their little um, project for their, their business. And I encourage you, to, it's one of, the, one of the many creative things that's out there, uh, but had an awesome time, awesome experience in doing this. The kids have learned about uh, how Hope International operates in that they are encouraging people to, to look in at themselves and what they have to not only provide for themselves, but to offer to the community and, and to find ways to turn that into a little business and ways that they can provide for themselves and for their families. Hope International operates on this liturgy of generosity as it gives that little boost, that little encouragement, that little incentive as they create these savings groups that form and encourage one another and loan their own money to one another to support these small businesses and opportunities for education and other things that otherwise would not be available. During the season of Lent, 
as we uh, have this series called Overflow, we're lifting up foundational faith practices and talking about how these practices help to further fill us with God's goodness, to recognize that goodness around us and to cause our lives to overflow into the lives of others with God's goodness. As we talk about these practices, today we're talking about worshiping God and worshiping others. As I think about worship, as you think about worship, maybe we think about uh, you know, coming together here and maybe you like parts and maybe you don't like others or maybe you enjoy singing or maybe you don't. But worship is, is about that bubbling up inside of us. It, it's about that, that goodness that is poured into us and then fills us up and then has to find a way out, has to boil over, has to overflow, has to find expression in some way. That's what I think of when I think of worship, that, that bubbling up of God's goodness and grace and mercy and peace and creativity and generosity boiling up, bubbling up inside of us and needing to find expression. One way we do that is to express that as we come together as a community of faith in worship together. That's one way that we find that expression of worshiping God, worshiping with others. God, we have a God of, of abundance. We have a God of generosity. I mean, just look at the Psalms. Look at our psalm for today and look at the words that are in here that describe God and describe how our God is. Look at this in Psalm 65, beginning with verse 8. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. And we got a lot of rain yesterday, didn't we? And this is springtime, more is coming, but thank heavens. I, I served, my first congregation was in a rural setting, and we prayed for rain. And then sometimes we prayed that the rain would stop, but we prayed for rain more often than not, and we're thankful when God blessed the land with the rain that caused things to grow. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty. And your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks. And the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. We do not have a stingy God. We have a God who is 
overflowing with goodness. In the scriptures, you look at it from the very beginning in Genesis, we see God's creative force at work. We see an abundance in, in the creation of the earth and the, and the planets and the stars and the sun and the moon and all that is in the universe. We see an abundance in the creation of the land and the sea and the birds of the air and the, the animals of the ground and the fish of the sea. We see an abundance as God creates life, breathes life into this lifeless form from the ground. Adam and Eve, humanity, and gives us charge over caring for this abundance that God has given to us. God doesn't give us an abundance to strip it away. God gives us an abundance to provide for ourselves, for all living, and to care for that. We have a God who overflows with goodness. How can we possibly operate from a myth of scarcity if this God is evident to us? How can we possibly operate from a myth of scarcity and worship wholeheartedly? I don't think we can. On the flip side, we cannot help but express gratitude, praise, and joy, the foundations of worship when we have this liturgy of generosity. What's your normal mode of operation? How do you look at the world around you? Do you, do you, you see it lacking? Are you, are you often worrying? I know there's days where I do. I know there's days where I wonder. I know there's days where I am focused on the lack. Whether it's lack of material resources or lack of, of, Friendships, whether it's lack of love, whether it's lack of peace or joy or time, that's a big one, isn't it? Or do we look around us and see the abundance that is there? Do we see and experience and recognize that we have a God who overflows? who is constantly, continually pouring himself out for us. And this doesn't mean we just recognize that when things are flowing, when things are going well. It's just as much, if not more so, when things are difficult, challenging. When we're tempted to see the lack, but we choose to see God's goodness. When we look not at what we don't have, but we look at what God provides. We could probably all use um, some reminders. I know I could. When we kind of get stuck in that, that myth of scarcity. So here, here's a few as we close out. 
few practical things that can help us to foster a liturgy of generosity. First, show gratitude. Who likes writing thank you notes? Who's good at writing thank you notes? All right, good. I'm not, I'm not too alone in that. I forget. I just, it's not in my repertoire to write thank you notes. I, it's not that I'm not grateful. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I should do that. Uh, so if, if you've given something to me or provided something or you think, Where did, why did he didn't acknowledge that? I'm sorry. It's just not in my gift, my wheelhouse. I'm not gifted with that. I have to remind myself to, to do those things. It's not just about writing thank you notes, though that's great, but it's, it's just having that expression of gratitude to those around you, to family members who maybe we take for granted a little bit too much, to friends, to coworkers, to those around us and saying thank you and to showing that gratitude to God as well. Two, see opportunity. We, life is obstacles, right? I mean, things come up. We have plans and then, you know, it takes a different direction. Something gets in the way. And oftentimes those obstacles aren't that big of a deal, but we make them a big deal often, don't we? I know, I know I'm tempted to. I know I do blow things up like, like it's bigger deal than it is. And that's just kind of a natural thing. And sometimes those obstacles, though, are big. Sometimes they are really challenging and difficult. But let's not see those just as obstacles in the way, but Let's remind ourselves to see those as opportunities. Rather than become frustrated, let's see those obstacles as a chance to learn, to grow, to maybe think about and look at things a little bit differently because we're forced to, because things haven't quite gone the way that we intended them to. Third, Stifle negativity. It's not fun to be around somebody when they're negative, is it? And it's not fun to be that negative person either. And sometimes we need to distance ourselves from that. And sometimes maybe we can help steer that, whether it's within somebody else or within ourselves. We naturally want to gravitate toward those who are more positive, to those who recognize God's goodness to those who live that liturgy of generosity. Fourth, give freely. The little girl in that fairy tale gave freely of what she had or could do. The elderly woman did the same. We can approach life with clenched fists hanging on to what is ours. We can approach life with open hands, freely giving and sharing from we, what we ourselves have received. And finally, worship regularly. Yeah, that means coming together here, but it means recognizing and, and fostering within us that, that upwelling of 
God's goodness and of that expression of receiving that goodness, of recognizing that in our own lives and finding ways to express that. To express that with others, to express that in our own lives as well. We have a God who is not, who is anything but stingy. We have a God who overflows with an abundance of goodness, mercy, love, who provides for our every need, and who wants us to overflow into the lives of others. Let's pray. Creator God, thank you. Thank you that you provide for us. Thank you for an abundance that you give us, for overflowing into our lives. We think not, not, not focused on material things, but on all that f- really fills our lives. Lord, sometimes we can be lacking. Sometimes we can fill a void inside of us. Lord, at those times, may we not be consumed by a lack of scarcity, but may we recognize in those times how you can fill us, how you provide for us, how you overflow. Lord, when, when we are tempted to go that way, remind us of the goodness that is all around us that you provide. Lord, and as you fill us, it's not just for our benefit, but it is so that we might be a blessing to others, so that our lives might overflow and spill into the lives of others. So Lord, lead us in that way. Help us to keep our eyes on your Son, who you freely gave for our sake, who gave freely of himself, who poured out his very self for our sake and who overflows in love for us. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen.